GLTV fam, ladies and gentlemen, we got the gents, the squad, they're back together, 2023, but the same faces are in here. We should be moving the, the squares around here because we've got Arsenal on top, we've got Newcastle on top, we've got Liverpool on the bottom, but today we're just going to keep it as per normal because we don't want to be shaking things up too much. Um, gentlemen, how are you doing? How are you doing? Oh, good to be back. We didn't have too many shows towards the end of, uh, the end of last year. Um, I know Goal Lounge TV were... We're quite active and, and, and um, ready with the Walter Sisulu Soccer Challenge, and I'm sure you're going to talk about that. So it's good to be back on the actual show speaking Premier League football. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Good to be back. I've uh, been waiting to throw some banter. I mean, we've been on top of the league for how long now? And it's been since when? And I haven't been able to say anything to anyone. <laughs> Yo, I mean, um, so, people yeah. say it's a conspiracy, Wonga. They reckon since Arsenal's gone on top, we've, we've started showing less or making less shows. So they, they think it's an Arsenal agenda. And I assure you that is not the case. To, to next point, we have been busy from this side of things. Um, but also we've got big news. Uh, just in case, I know we are committed to the people and the people that follow the show like the people. So Nick, you got some big news on your side. You want to tell... Everyone watching, I mean, what, what happened with you when you went over to, to your hometown there in the UK? Uh, yeah, so um, a viewer of the show, um, a big supporter of Newcastle United right now. Um, <laughs> you know, when she, when she fell in love with the Toon Army, um, I knew she was the one. So I dropped down on one knee, made sure the knees were okay. And um, yeah, I proposed to, to the lady that's going to that's going to make a home for me. You know, she's the one and uh, I'm so excited to start this journey with her. I got, to, got, got her to, to see why I'm so in love with, with, um, with Newcastle. Let me just clarify, it's Newcastle first and Savannah second. Um, I hope she's not watching. <laughs> um, I hope her family's not watching. Um, but I think before I say any more, I think um, the host and um, our CEO... Claudio Barrero needs to needs to to share some news of his own. What did you get up to in December, Claudio? Oh, Jesus! You know, Golan. I think the Golan squad just got together and we decided we're going to start bending knees. I think from my side too. I've also bent the knees, so and it's just perfectly time. We haven't. We didn't even speak to each other. Hey, Nick, it just happened that way. It's quite interesting. No, we didn't. We didn't. <laughs> well, I didn't know you were doing it. And actually, when you had uh, congratulated me on social media, I actually said to Savannah, "When is this one going to happen? Surely it's." It's around the corner, and then I think a couple of days later it happened. So now I'm super chuffed for you. Congrats! All I know <laughs> Thanks, now man. is Cello and Wonga have to follow suit in December 2023. Yes, <laughs> that's, that's how we become. That's how we become complete, there, Wonga. I think um, Christy said she's like, "Look, Claudio, if you're doing it and Nick are doing it, then you're really putting everyone else under pressure. Because if you guys are able to do it, then no one's got an excuse anymore." <laughs> nah, <laughs> right, Jess. <laughs> Uh, we're going to move over here. We're going to discuss, seeing as we didn't really cover that much of the World Cup, I just want to get your overall thoughts and views in terms of how you thought it played out. Wonga Denga, what is your overall opinion on Argentina taking the World Cup? Messi finally lifting the trophy, now everyone calling him the GOAT. What is your take on this? Yeah, look, I think, it, I think it's, um, it, it's uh, like the four football... No, no. Hey. I'm back. 
Am I back? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You were never gone. Okay. Oh, you guys did went away, so I don't know what happened. Sorry. Um, <laughs> um, what up, Arjun? So I think it was. Um, not I, I. Just the whole story about it. You know, the Messi. Um, I mean, his whole story when he was young, and now it finishing here with the World Cup. I mean, it's. it's I mean, that, I think that in itself is it's it's it's, it's beautiful, you know. And I think that's what we look for in in things like this. And I mean, the final itself. I, to be honest, with you, that was one of. The, I maybe I haven't thought of it properly, but that's one of the best matches that I've watched in a very, very long time. Entertaining, on my toes, you know. And yeah, I wanted Messi to lift it, but you know, <laughs> you're sitting there and you're like hoping front scores, so you know it just doesn't end like this, you know. Um, so I, I, that I think that for me, I think the ending of it, I think for me was um, was brilliant. And that new VAR system they had, the with the offsides, it's you yeah. can't argue with it. You know, it's it's every, the, the 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 way they explained it, the the points. Yeah, the way the points are put on the players, and then it shows you that afterwards, it's, you don't argue with that. There's no line. The computer does everything for you, and that I think what really helps is that that screen that they put um, in front, uh, instead of just a line. You know, then you can see exactly where the the branches are. I think those are positives for me um, coming from that World Cup. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, listen, I thought well. the World Cup was. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, go. No, I just thought. I thought the. I thought the World Cup in general, um, I mean, the final was it was epic. You know, I don't think you mm. could ask for anything more after a slow first half. Um, but I do think it is a missed opportunity for many countries. Um, I don't think there was an outright outstanding team. Um, I, you know, I don't know if anyone agrees with me on that, but I think the likes of England, the likes of France, the likes of Portugal, the likes of Spain even, you know, we'll look back and probably say, you know, that was probably a missed opportunity, even in Belgium, um, because there were so many big guns getting knocked out early. Um, there was no outstanding team from the onset. I think there was only one or two teams that got an, a, a maximum record in the group. Um, so I just think it's a missed opportunity for a lot. I'm very happy for Messi. I think um, he also proved in the in the tournament, you know, maybe why he has that status or why he's he is, is one of the, the, the best two in the world. Um, and I mm. think it was fitting that, that, that he ended up lifting it, um, bringing down, or, or he's not finished, but bringing down a, a great career already. Yeah, it did seem like it came full circle. And I think that's one reason, one of the main reasons why we invest in football is the story behind it. So for Messi and co, it was good. But I do like the fact that you touched on Wongas. The World Cup seems to have, be a place where they experiment and they do have time to experiment technologies and approach the game because they've got four years to build it up and try and get it right and obviously the rest of the leagues then adopt and I do think the the take on the offside application that they use during the World Cup is something the other clubs when they do have the finances or leagues should be implementing so that was nice positive. Um, gents, overall is Messi the official goat? Quick fire, yes or no Wonga? Yeah, look, I'm a Messi fan. Uh, I won't lie to you. And yes, I think the title, I mean, everyone's head will say, you know, it, it gives it to him. But if I just look, if you're looking at ability, um, I don't I don't like separating the two. I think uh, Ronaldo and Messi, I, I just, you know, I just think they're both phenomenal, to be honest with you. Um, 
Wonga, Wonga, I mean, ability-wise, but... <laughs> yeah, they don't, they don't get it right, Nick. They're just throwing him and yeah, look, I, I would say so, I yes. I suppose this isn't black and white, though. It's not black and white. So you're saying yes. Nick? Yeah, no, I'm... Yeah, I'll, I'll say yes, but like I said, I don't want to separate the two. I'm going to say yes, and I don't think Ronaldo helped himself with that interview before he left. And I'm going to leave it at that. <laughs> Yeah, okay, but Nick, now you see now. You got and this is this is purely a footballing footballing based question. We can't bring in outside influences and behavior outside the field into the question. We're not doing anything like that. But fine. He's a goat. Goat in my opinion. Good, okay, he's a goat. Right. We've got Louis Murray back in the house. We've got Armand back in the house. We've got What is that? <laughs> and Ronaldo didn't help himself doing what he did. I'm just gonna add that in again. <laughs> we got uh, Diaz sending us nice hearts. We got Amon saying Wonga looking happy nowadays, and Louis then Jason back. saying congrats on the league. Wonga enjoy it because next season will be a massive fight just for top four. So we are there. And let's um, come back to the Premier League because that's why we're here. We enjoy the Premier League and we have the teams that we follow. And first things first, the transfer talk. I mean, Amon's already come out saying, um, who is it? We got Chris Wood. To Nottingham. Here we go, Nick. What are your thoughts? <laughs> I, uh, to be honest with you, you know, I think he served his purpose. Um, he's done. He, he did a great job last season. You know, he stepped in now with Callum Wilson. He stuck, uh, got injured throughout the season. I would think we're a little bit thin if we do let him go. Um, he seems like a great team player. He had a great game against Leicester on Boxing Day when I went to go watch him or watch them. Um, so I. I wouldn't be sad to lose him, but I would like to know that there's a backup on on its way. Um, but yeah, good luck to him. I, I'm I'm quite indifferent about this the situation. If he goes, I won't be too upset. Um, but I would like a replacement to come in. That's fair enough. Wonga Denga, we got the whole situation that happened last week. I mean, Arsenal have been following Mudrek for months and months. Arteta had phoned him. Edu had phoned him. Sinchenko had phoned him. They had lined this deal up. Chelsea came in, swooped in last minute. He made his move to Chelsea. But today it seems like Trossard seems to be making his way to the Emirates. I mean, what do you think about this? And I think the fee is quoted to be roughly £27 million. Yeah, that's correct. Um... I think for Arsenal, I think that's a good signing, you know. Um, in terms of Mudrik, I said it before um, with you guys, that I think that he's, it's more of a loss for him, I think, for, than it is for us. Um, Shakhtar, for them, they will obviously see it as a, as a benefit for them. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm happy with, with um, us signing um, a player like Trossard, adding him to our team. Uh, Martinelli now... And Saka have sort of, I think, backup. Uh, I mean, we d- we definitely did need it. I mean, if you want to, uh, I think we're at the top, and I think men- uh, Nick did mention it in, in, in uh, last season, saying like if we do end up finishing at the end of the season uh, on the top, I think then Arteta would definitely um, go for it, you know. And that's then you would see a signing in January and. And here it is. I mean, as soon as we I mean, we came, we finished. I mean, after World Cup, we ended up winning. And yeah, I think you've seen Arsenal have been the intent on them signing someone this January was clear. And I mean, they pushed. I mean, according to to Shakhtar, they they said the fees were the same. I think Arsenal put in the same as um, as Chelsea. I don't 
believe it that much. I don't know. I don't think no, Austin no, no. was spent so, that so much. Wonga, so, so, the, no, no, so, so the, the fees were the same, but the differences were the bonuses and how they had scheduled for that rollout. So that Shakhtar was saying the bonuses yeah. that Arsenal were including were a lot more unrealistic in comparison to what Chelsea were saying. So, for example, achievements that he would have to go on to go and do versus what Chelsea was saying outright they're going to go pay X amount if he just played 30 games, whereas Arsenal's putting in he needs to be a Ballon d'Or winner and, 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 as an example. But, yeah, but he said, he was saying that Chelsea, they said in the, in the, in the according to them, they said that if he was to win the Champions League and the Premier League, they also get bonuses. Uh, you're telling me that, I mean, Arsenal can't do the same thing. I mean, what else would have Arsenal said there for him to score 50 goals or something? I, I don't understand. But nonetheless, um, I think um, Trostad is a good signing. I like the player. I, I really do like him. I, I mean, I, 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 even my fantasy league is, is mostly around players I like more than someone that will actually really give me the points. And he was one of I'm, the first players I I'm played in my fantasy league. I'm gutted to hear that. Uh, I haven't been on my my sort of socials today. I was hoping Newcastle would go and sort of try and make a, an attempt <coughs> to get him, simply because mm. we've got uh, Dan Ashworth, who's who's obviously been at Brighton. I thought maybe that would be a situation where we could potentially beef up the the wide areas. Um, but I, what I, one thing I will say about Arsenal is watching that game against uh, Newcastle. I think Arsenal need probably one or two, if not even three signings in attacking areas if they're going to win the league. The reason being is there's not much depth uh, coming off that bench, Wonga. I don't know what you think. You know, when you played against us, you brought on Tom, Tom, Tom Yasu uh, and it was nil-nil. And uh, Newcastle frustrated you. Um, so in terms of shaking it up and, you know, trying to add another attacking player, especially with the injuries that you have, uh, I think um, Trossard's a good addition, but maybe one more would would probably solidify you guys as 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 you know, sort of one one hand on the title already. Yeah, I agree with you, Nick. Um, especially see the one with with Jesus is a tricky one as well um, because we've got in Keita to cover. Man, yeah, I mean, take my hat, my hands down. I mean, the guy's done very well there. I think we definitely need something. Um, it's a tricky one because he's going to come back not not too far for, too long from now. But you know, the, yeah. I mean, yeah, these games are you, these games they, they they count, you know. And definitely Martinelli needs someone there to keep to push him. We need something different there as well. Um, I am happy with sort of the options we have in the midfield. Um, your your Vieira um, and your your Smith Rowe just came back now. Uh, but no, I do agree with you. Definitely one or two more signings there. I mean, just to, just so that I, they they. I'm, just so that we can finish, at least win this league. It's in our hands now. You know, it is yeah. in our hands. And next year's Champions League as well. I think, Definitely. Yeah, and I, I think why I say it, why I say it is, obviously City are going through a bit of a run at the moment. I don't know what you think about this, Claudio, but if you look at City's bench over the years, you know, Pep can pretty much start two different 11s and they could probably win 95% of the matches that they play on any given day. Yeah. Um, mm. So I think that's the difference. And if you use that as a as a as a benchmark, um, because City are are the sort of defending champions, um, you know, would you need to try be close to that? However, Liverpool on the other um, on the other spectrum probably didn't have two 11s that they could put out at any point when they won their league. So it's a yeah. bit of a juggling act. Um, you know, they're in the driving seat at the moment, and all the best to you. You know.
all the best to you. But I would just worry about attacking options, you know, for the longevity of the season, especially when Europe starts, because you guys are going to have um, your, your Europa League game starting uh, pretty soon. Um, it will be interesting to see if he takes that seriously now that he's in the driving seat for the for the for the league. No, it's true. Yeah. I agree with you. Yeah, I mean, I doubt that very much, Nick. When I'm looking at the Europa, I think now the priority would be the league. When you're sitting with an eight-point lead, as things stand, I think this game coming up, and we're going to talk about it. A game against Man United is going to be crucial for them. It's as to how serious yeah. people take them as title challenges. I mean, look, as things stand, they 100% are title challenges. I said previously that it's very reminiscent of Leicester City keep going, going, going. We all just naturally assume they're going to be dropping points at some stage, but it just hasn't happened for many reasons. Um, in the house, though, we do have Sam back, and he's saying good to see everyone. So it's good to know some people miss pre-match Moody out there. We've got um, Vards also in the house, and of course, Jason saying, Wonga, sign Wilfred Zaha, either bargain price now or pre-contract for next season. Would you take Wilfred Zaha? I'll take him, 100%. I'll take him. Um, I think when I look at him play, he's still got a couple of years left in him. He won't, um, he's definitely not going to just be like a, a once-off thing. I'll take him. Um, and like, like Jason said, it probably would be a bargain now. Um, considering um, his age and also um, how much time's left on his contract. Yeah, that's and his ability. Yeah, but going back to you guys, I mean, credit to Arsenal for going out there and wanting to sign players, and they can do whatever they take to bring players in. Um, they've landed the one today. Trossard is tried and tried and tested. He's got his goals against big teams, so to speak. I know the Brighton fans are a bit sour as but, to how this has played out. Him having a fallout with the mm. coach, him not coming to training, leaving, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So. They're a bit disgruntled, but I do think this is a massive bonus for Arsenal, especially the time of the season, to that point. Jets, now this isn't necessarily a signing for one, this window. Okay, go ahead, Wonga. What do you want to add there? Yeah, just one thing I want to mention. Like, I mean, with, even with Arsenal signing, I, I don't think Arsenal attracts anyone without us being where we are in the league and playing the way we are. Um, we've struggled to get the players we wanted um, over the years. I mean, because of that, you know. And I think a pair of Bomiang, he's now, um, he came in, I mean, I mean, look, where, where else is he going to go? And I mean, even the attitude he had. But I don't think Arsenal signs, uh, uh, signs his players or even has maybe a player like Mudrich wanting to come to us if we, if we don't, uh, if we're not in the position that we are now. I, I truly don't believe it. Exactly. Um, I think that's, Arsenal that's the point. Is, so that's yeah, why it's I, important I, for you to capitalize on yeah. this moment because what Jason's saying next season, it is going to be a tough one. And this is, you know, I was thinking about it. Mm. I was literally going, okay, well, what we're looking at Man City. Obviously, they've got Haaland coming in. They're used to playing a false nine. The false nine knows how to drop into midfield, so they control the midfield there with Haaland. They're losing that bit of control, so they're actually avoiding him and they're trying to just get the ball in the box for him to finish. So they've lost something there, but they've also been distracted with the World Cup. Now, Liverpool, similar situation, and both these teams really competing at high levels and they've got the World Cup as a distraction. Now, it's been a real benefit. All of this has been a benefit for Arsenal in terms of them coming in, a younger squad going, we've got something to prove. We've got to show the world that we need to go out there and do our thing. And they've, they've taken the, the opportunity with both hands. But just going back to it, and you think about it and you say, well... Can next season, if they don't keep going and they push on here, how much does that affect Arsenal with the next season? How optimistic are you, regardless of you know whether or not they win this title? Uh, I think they're going to be very optimistic. Right? I think uh, whatever happens, we'll finish in a good position this season. Um, the way the way the way the guys are playing, it's, and if able if they're able to keep it up, um, we'll be in Champions League as well. So it will add an extra pressure there. Uh, to us because that's going to be a definitely a, a, a bigger competition. 
But I, I think now Arteta's shown the world. I mean, the world now sees what, what we are capable of doing. Because beginning of the season, absolutely, absolutely no one. Nobody would have even thought um, Arsenal would be where they are now and playing the way uh, they are playing. So there will be huge expectations from them. And, but I, I, I do think they would be definitely... If they can do this, if they can be on top of the Premier League and win game week in, week out... They, they def- there's definitely optimism there on one terms of what they can do. And uh, over-reliance with Uruguay, man, come on. There's, there's Vieira there, over-reliance with Uruguay. He is our captain, he's doing well, but I don't think there's an over-reliance on it. But to be fair, I mean, th- this comment, well, not to be fair, this comment saying over-reliance, I mean, it's time for Odegaard to shine. So he needs to be playing week yeah. in, week out, and they need to rely on him. They're giving him the co- captain's armband, and he needs to have the KBD sort of effect on Arsenal, and he seems yeah. to be having it. Make a lot of talk here about Arsenal. Um, from the Newcastle side of things for this transfer window, is there anything in particular you'd like them to go do or are you happy as things are to just track along, be in the mix and cement a tough four players? Yeah, I think, um, I think we short in the midfield. I think Bruno's injury the other day gave us a little bit of a scare. It looks like he'll miss the Palace game, but he'll be ready for the semi-final on Tuesday against Southampton in the League Cup. Um, so I, I would say I think we short in the midfield. Uh, there was talk of a Conor Gallagher, which I think would be a great signing. I think he fits the the type of uh, or the profile of a player that that Eddie Howe would like to work with. Um, I heard Loftus Cheek and 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 Ziyech. I'm not too sure on, on Loftus Cheek. I think Ziyech could give us uh, good options, um, you know, out wide. Um, or in those attacking areas, you know, and I think I think the squad is a bit thin. You know, when you look through your bench and you bring in on Jacob Murphy, you know, that doesn't scream out top four for you. Um, so, you know, we're not getting ahead of ourselves. You know, the fans are enjoying the ride. Um, but I, I do foresee us getting one, if not two players. But I don't think they're going to be extravagant, if I'm, if, if I'm honest with you. I think the cool, calculated um, approach which has served us well, evidently, is going to be what's going to get us through until the end of the season. Whether or not that's enough to finish in the top four, I don't know. Um, But I think finishing anywhere in the top seven would be a fantastic, fantastic return based on where we were this time last year. Um, But the, the sort of romantic in me says, you know, we sit in there in second, um, sorry, in fourth place, you know, we win this weekend and, and Arsenal do the business against Man United. We back into that third position. Why can't we start dreaming? Um, but I do think if we had to stay with this whole squad throughout the season, it might not be enough if we pick up a couple of injuries. So I would, I would like a Conor Gallagher. Um, I think he would be great. Um, and potentially another winger. I think that would, that would solidify us really fighting right until the end for a top four spot. And might might even solidify a top five, top six spot for us. Yeah, and I think when we're looking at it, you going and you seeing. I mean, how can we? Speak? It's been how many minutes? We haven't even spoken about Chelsea in this transfer window. But when you're comparing what Chelsea are doing yeah. in the transfer window versus the Newcastle approach here, what's going to happen with Chelsea is any player they go after, they're going to land up getting the Man United tax, where the player's value is probably sitting at fifty million pounds. Now they're going to be paying thirty million pounds yeah. because they're overspending. And with Newcastle doing what they're doing, despite the fact that people know they have money, you're pretty much playing the long game saying we're not going to overspend and we're not going to do what we have to do in order to make this happen and rather just go for the players that we want and that's going to suit the club right now. So that's credit to that. But also something we're we're forgetting about is because of the World Cup, 
naturally, I don't know if this is happening to you guys too, but when I'm watching the league, I'm forgetting that we're only 18 games in. It feels like we're a lot yeah. further along the line. There's only X amount of games left. Yeah. yeah. Mm. So, no, I think, I think it's also right. just, uh, you know, it just makes you also realize that it is a marathon, it's not a sprint. So, like Arsenal, you know, Arsenal have, what, they eight points clear at the moment. That might change tonight. You know, there's still a long way to go. Um, you know, I'm sure Wonga's sitting there praying that an Odegaard, that a Jesus comes back fresh and doesn't get injured again. A Pate, um, you know, a Ramsdale, uh, a Ben White don't get injured, you know. Um, because if they do, you know, that Arsenal team looks a lot different. Um, and I think that's the same as a, as, as a Newcastle. City, I think, you know, they're going through their little blip, but I think, I think Pep's probably saying exactly what you've just said, Claudio. You know, there's still half a season to go. Um, you know, if we can claw it back and when they do play Arsenal, get a good result, you know, the, the, the league title will, will be wide open once again. So I think, um, you know, for the teams that are, have probably had a poor start, and, I, and you probably include a, a Liverpool in that sense, you know, those teams, and I would be worried about them if I was you, Wonga, as well as myself as a Newcastle fan. We know Liverpool. We know Man City. They can turn it on when they want to and they can go on a good run um, that could potentially hamper our chances of finishing where we want to finish. So, yeah, I, I, it's, uh, it's exciting that we still have such a long way to go. Wonga's looking super confident, though, Wonga. What are your thoughts on that <laughs> comment? Yeah, look, I, I agree with Nick, but I, I think for the players, it would be... I just don't know, man. Hey, after looking... <laughs> it's, it's looking like what I've always wanted wanted it to be, you know. Um, it's Yeah, you can see that uh, yes, any team they play... I mean, like when I watched them against Tottenham, Tottenham were flipping nowhere. Maybe, yeah, maybe Tottenham are playing bad, but she was. I mean, it's every second ball, Arsenal's on it. They're trying to win the ball up high on the pitch. It's... Ah, my man, it's too good to watch. Everyone's playing to their strengths now, you know. Um, the only thing I'd I say, I Wonga... Can't... Sorry, Wonga. The only thing I'd say, yeah, and he... it's, it's not a jab at Arteta, but it is a jab at Arteta. He bottled Champions League <laughs> football for you guys last year. He's never been in this position. And he will solidify himself in fo uh, Arsenal folklore for the rest of his life if he cannot bottle this. And if he does bottle it, you know, it will be, there will be questions asked. But again, Arsenal fans will go back to, well, we finished second and that's an improvement. So the only question mark that I'd say is if you have a fit team, is he able to deal with the pressure with five games to go, as an example? And I know you'll I say so. he does. There's still question marks. Um, whereas if it's Klopp in your position or it's Pep in your position, I would maybe say, listen, it's, a, it's maybe a foregone conclusion. That's the only question mark. And he's, he's, I'm not saying it will happen, but he has to prove the doubters wrong. And uh, there will be doubters out there. All, 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 all Nick is having, he's Look. just having flashbacks of Kevin Keegan throwing the league away. That's, that's all he's just, yeah. he's just hoping that happens <laughs> to you guys. <laughs> Look, I mean, Arsenal's done it yeah. before. They I actually hope Arsenal. Um, but, but listen... We're also in the title race, man. We're only nine points off you. 
Yeah, this is yeah, the yeah, thing. No, true, true, like, but... all the Man United fans, Man United, like, after, and you know, it's funny, they drew last night, but just before that, they're all finding their voices saying, hey, we, we're in this league title, etc., etc." But when you're looking at it, 39 points Man City, 39 points Man United, obviously played a game in hand, same thing in Newcastle, 38 points. Realistically, all it takes, I mean, this is where it gets tricky, Nick. I know you're talking about Arteta's credentials here, but one thing we've seen about Arteta, and he's gone about it the right way, is he's kept this group together. He's got them believing. He's, he's gotten rid of all the rotten apples and he's added experience to the squad that add to the squad's chemistry and culture. And that's also one thing that is completely yeah. downplayed. When we're looking at Man City, they lost Sinchenko, they lost Fernandinho, and they lost Jesus. Two of those players have gone to Arsenal. And what they've said about these three players is they were massive in the changing room because even when they are, I mean, you know how it is, Nick, when you're coaching and you've got a competitive bunch, things aren't always going to be rosy. But there's always one or two of those players yeah. that can keep the, the morale up. And they're saying, out of those three players, two of them that are now sitting in Arsenal's camp were those players for Man City. Won, so it's interesting to see. They've won a league title, yeah. yeah. They've won a league title, but they, they're jovial. They go in there. They uplift the spirits. And you've seen what they've done. It's almost like Arsenal and Arteta. Both, it's, it's just the perfect match right now where they do have a point to prove. I think the only bad news they've had or bad luck they've had this season is the Zezou's sort of injury from Brazil, a Brazilian perspective. But other than that, just like Leicester, for you to go all the way, you need external forces. Yeah. I mean, you know this very well, Nick, as a coach, that also just line up in your, in your path. And it seems to be, at, yeah. as things stand, it seems to be going Arsenal's way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know, it, I think also that being said, you know, it would be very critical. It would be very harsh to criticize Arteta and maybe say he doesn't have the he doesn't have the nouns to 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 go and do it because he's never been in that position. But you, how do you get experience? You have to go win your first one to get the experience. So who's to yeah, say he can't do it? So good luck to to Arsenal. We will make it difficult for you, like we did at the Emirates, where we maybe arguably should have won the game longer. Um, but. Uh, Good luck to you. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. This guy was, uh, if holding is allowed in the box, I don't know. So I, I don't understand uh, it. But that's, that's, yeah, uh, no ways. That was definitely Arsenal's match, but I can day. give it away. I can spare the points. Tell us about your team, uh, Claudio. Claudio, tell us about your team. <laughs> Jesus, uh, where do you want to start with my team? Um, gee, like, I, I think it's. it's we need a separate show for that one. <laughs> Yeah, you know, it's a full-on, a full-on hour rant that I could go on. No, but I, I think, I mean, Liverpool's situation is it's. I think what makes it even more incredible is from last season being on the front of all four trophies up until two games of the season, playing every single game possible and just imploding the way they've done. And I said end of last season that this was always going to be a possibility. They could either ride off that sort of momentum and push on. Or it could completely, you know, the wheels could come off the bus. And I think last season, despite the fact they won two domestic cups, it felt like a massive underachievement for the players and for the squad. And then going into the season, Klopp's come out saying they also didn't have the best preseason. Um, and so you got all these factors knowing with the World Cup being in hindsight, you know, Van Dijk's injury hasn't been the same player, but he is one of those players completely distracted by the World Cup. Trent, another one with all the news he's been getting, almost similar to what Harry Maguire's experienced in terms of saying how bad the players is. Trent having to deal with that so that's a new factor but even off the field I think Liverpool's going through something which is where Arsenal were a couple of seasons ago where Newcastle were and what's crazy is such a well-organized machine is what it seemed like and all of a sudden overnight the the carpet's been ripped from under their feet and I mean we've got Julian Ward who was there to replace um, Michael Edwards 
he was only been a year and he's already resigned. The head of research is out. We've got the guy, head of director was in there. He's now just facilitating the sales. We're also in limbo as to what's happening. Klopp, we know we need a midfielder. We need midfielders. We need to go out there and sign. But we don't have money right now because of what's happening. And they're waiting to see whether or not this, this sale goes through. As things stand, there's been a lot of rumors that a, a Qatari consortium are going to come in and buy the club. But now it's also gotten to the point where FSG are asking for that four million, uh, four billion, sorry, pounds that they want for the club. And now they've gotten saying instead of the wholesale, which is what the Qatar, Qatari sort of guys want, they say, no, we don't want that. We, we just want to sell a minority sp- uh, stake. So as things stand, it would be, it's an interesting place to go. If they are bought by the sort of Qatari consortium, where does that leave the likes of an Arsenal and a Newcastle? Does, where does it leave football, so to speak? Because, I mean, Liverpool have been punching well above their weight for a couple of seasons. And that's down to Jurgen Klopp and the backroom staff and being very strategic and astute with their signings. But what happens if, you know, Jurgen Klopp is able to just buy whoever he wants when he wants to? And what happens to the game from that perspective? Because we got FSG that were banking on the financial fair play system. Then there was that whole Super League fiasco that I think they were also banking on from a financial perspective that has come crumbling. And then they're going, look, we can't compete with the rest of these guys because they just open blank checks and they go and spend what they want. So let's try and change things up. And if you do do that, Nick, you had these comments before with the whole Super League discussion. Where do we leave football now? Does it just go to the highest bidder? And that's who our champions are. Yeah, I think I think I think football's in a weird space at the moment. I, I don't know if you guys have seen. There's a new documentary on Apple TV explaining the whole Super League. I started it yesterday, but I don't think I think like we had discussed previously. I don't think that's going to go away anytime soon. Um, I think it will uh, reiterate uh, pretty soon, um, but probably in a new format of some sort. And I think it will benefit teams going forward. Um, but I do think you're going to have and we've discussed this in the past, the Premier League's going to have 10 teams, 12 teams, 14 teams, 20 teams that are all owned by super billionaires. Um, in well, the Nick, as things, years, stand, as things stand, they've just broken a record within the Deloitte Money League. It's the first time ever that more than half of one league's sort of teams are represented in the top 20. I think they're sitting on 12 Premier League teams on the top 20 in terms of the revenue earned for the season last season. So yeah. when you're looking at it already, so, the Premier League is becoming that Super League. Yes, it is. And I think I think also that's why you look at a Real Madrid and a Barcelona and Juventus that, that are still trying to make sure that this league uh, is, 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 is soon started because I think they can see how powerful the Premier League is. So, you know, mm. it's, it's a bit of a catch-22. It's interesting to see where the Premier League is going because it's not a foregone conclusion anymore as to who's going to win it. I think in the last three or four seasons, it's always been your Liverpools and your Man Cities. But you see Man United getting their, getting their act together and their sale probably going to go, go, go through um, as soon like Liverpool. You know, then you're going to have a, a, a proper top seven, top eight um, fighting not only for top four, but, you know, if they can all get their, 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 their lines aligned, you know, potentially all fighting for a league title, which is really unheard of anyway. Um, so where it leaves football, I have no idea. Um, I'm just happy that, to be a part of it now. So <laughs> I couldn't really care less about anyone else. <laughs> right. And on that note, we might as well talk about what's happening this weekend, talking about the football that we are going to be experiencing. The first so-called big, uh, we can say the mid-table derby, 
Liverpool versus Chelsea. Wonga Denga, how do you think how do you think this is gonna shake up here? I mean, we've got Graham Potter shame. He's seemingly out of his depth, but I mean the owners just going out there and just, you know, shooting cash at players, bringing them in and asking the coach to do a job. Um, how do you think this is gonna play out? Yeah, I mean look, I mean if I'm looking at I don't really know what's happening at Chelsea, but I'm just looking at I looked at that Mujit uh, situation and according to them they've got a long term plan. Um, with that, uh, with uh, Potter there. And obviously, they, he's struggling now. He has to win the games now. Can't play he's the way he wants to. He's just, he, he literally is trying to just uh, ensure that that ship does not sink too far, you know, uh, for, <laughs> for what he's doing, his plans. And I think, um, look, both teams are playing horribly at the moment. Um <laughs> To say where it's going to go, I don't know, Claudio. I can't lie to you. But if I'm looking at Chelsea, I think have better options than, than Liverpool at the moment. Um, I think you guys have still got a couple of guys injured. Um, I, I think Diaz was a huge, huge, huge blow for you guys. Massive, massive, massive. I think he would have made um, match-winning performances for you guys um, if he had not gotten injured. And I think it could be the difference even when you guys go face a Chelsea. So I am leaning yeah. towards a Chelsea when you guys, uh, despite it being even at the um, at 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 Anfield, at, at Anfield. I don't really... even think that'll make a difference. I don't think I think that'll no, make a difference. The way your season's been going I mean, at the at, at the current yeah. time. Anfield well, it's is the definition a of a it's, a it's a definition of a six pointer, isn't it? At this point, but like I don't know, Claudio. Yeah. Sorry to jump in, but I think I think that. The, the tide has to turn for one of them. Um, and I don't think yeah. Potter knows who his best team is. Whereas Klopp, yeah. in Klopp's defense, he probably has an aged midfield that he probably doesn't want himself. But on, his, on any given day, he can get those players to play for him. Um, yeah. And at an Anfield against the Chelsea, regardless of where they are in the league, it's, it's always been a notoriously big game. I do think he will he'll probably get the best out of his players on the day. Uh, Potter, Potter doesn't know who to select. He's not even, he didn't even sign this Mudrick. He even came out and he said, he didn't say, he didn't say it directly, but he, he just said, he said, we need to be careful in who we sign him because we've also got players that are injured. So th- there's, there's something going on there at Chelsea, which is, yeah. uh, you know, it's not, it's not uh, an unknown in football. But he's not signing those players. Um, and, and I know he wants to go and get that K- K- what, Kaiseido from, from Brighton. From so Brighton, he wants yeah. to sort of get players. Yeah, and, and, and I don't know. I, I just think there's a, there's a rat that stinks in that kitchen. And I, I don't think it's going <laughs> to end well for Chelsea. They're not going to finish in the top four. I think out of the two teams that can challenge for the top four right now, if you had to choose one of the two, I'd say it's Liverpool still. Um, and if Liverpool can get one top sign in, 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 this, uh, in this January window, I would be worried as a Newcastle fan, as a Spurs fan, as a Man United fan. Um, well, look, I don't think you've so, got to worry about that, Nick. I don't think they're going to bring in a signing, to be honest. And I think this is where, you know, Vard is looking and saying the Liverpool team is stale and it needs to be shaken up. And this is another factor that we, we, mm. I didn't speak about earlier was that we've got a couple of players whose contracts are running out towards the end of the season. They, are looking, they know they're not going to stay. And they are looking for other options. So, yes, they've got to play to a certain extent. But their hearts aren't 
as in it as it was previously. And when we're looking at the players that were injured, one name in particular that hasn't really been thrown out there and one that we always forget, I mean, Curtis Jones, one of the youngsters in the midfield, he's had a terrible run of luck when it comes to injuries. And if he's kept fit, he's a player that does contribute to the midfield and he's versatile. He can play high up the park, he can play in the middle of the park. And I think the difference is when we look at that that defeat we had last week to Brighton, Jurgen Klopp coming out saying one of their worst performances ever, they were flat. There was no energy. There was, I mean, there were ridiculous things happening. Trent was like, he left two men just running to the box because he was over it. And it wasn't just him. I'm obviously singling, singling him out. But what happened was when they played against Wolves, he changed it and he played a bit of the younger players. And even though they didn't have the pace of your Salas and your Manes in the de- back in the day, but just by playing Carvalho and playing Elliot up front, we decided they were going to chase everything that was energy. And the energy made a difference. And all of a sudden, Thiago looked a better player having a youngster behind him instead of a Fabinho who's not getting any sleep because his wife's had two babies in the last like span of like, I think it's, I don't know, 12 months or something, something ridiculous. So I don't think he's getting much sleep. Everyone's saying he's, his form has dipped. I'm saying the man's not sleeping at home because he's, he's worried about his babies. But um, we, we've got these things to contend with. So I do think to your point, Nick, if we've seen what Liverpool have done this season, they have shown up in the bigger games. Um, so the players, that should be an issue for them to turn up at Anfield. And if that doesn't happen on the weekend where they don't show up against Chelsea, then we're going to say, well, anything that you were saying about worries about them catching the top four, then you can really say goodbye. And I think it's a similar situation with Arsenal and Man United. I think this weekend is going to determine a lot in terms of momentum in the last second half of the season. But overall, Jets, oh, we got Pums in the house. Onga Dinga, quick fire. What are your predictions? Then followed by you, Nick, for this game. Also, Pums, you're coming right at the end from a Chelsea, say, Chelsea perspective. Does, does anyone, <laughs> sorry, I, I know, I know uh, quick fire, but uh, what's in Kuku's situation? Uh, when does he start to get to play? When does, when does he sign for? Was it? I think that was a pre for next season. For next season? Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. No, then um, this game, goodness me. Um, I see, I say 2-2 two, two draw. 2-1 two, win two, for two, Liverpool. There we go, Nick. I like the way you're speaking. Sam saying 1-1. One, one. I'm going to go with a victory. I think it's going to be touch and go. Liverpool, worst defensive record they've ever had under Klopp. Worst sort of position as to where they're standing currently. So they will definitely concede goals. <laughs> so I think a 2-1 is a fair shot then. Uh, I'm going to go with 2-1. Yeah, right, we're going to talk to the next game here. Crystal Palace versus Newcastle. Obviously, Crystal Palace, great Ooh. result against Newcastle. They're snatching a draw. Not snatching a draw. Also against Man United, sorry. Jed's one thing I also didn't like is when Man United are getting results, have you seen how the media has changed? They get the yeah. results against Man City, against Man City, and all of a sudden it's like, oh, they mm-hmm. tied to challenges, well-deserved. Last night, yeah, last night, Crystal Palace claw one back, and they go, oh, they, they robbed Man United in the headlines. I'm like, well, what is this? This isn't, this isn't um, subjective at all. <laughs> Yeah, no, listen, Man United, yeah. Man United will always have the, the love-in from the media. And I also noticed that. I was like, guys, no one's speaking about Newcastle. And I'm, Newcastle aren't title contenders. I say, that, I say that as a joke when I do say it. But Man United were behind us when they were saying they were title contenders. I didn't understand that. It's like, it doesn't, doesn't make sense to me. Um, but, yeah, I think, I think Man United are on the up. However, they proved last night that they couldn't get the job done against a, a Crystal Palace team that's been really inconsistent throughout the season. You know, I think Patrick Vieira's done well, you know, sort of solidifying his squad, but 
you know, not really getting the, the desired results all the time. You know, they played against Newcastle in the return fixture. They were very lucky to come away with a with a draw when Newcastle had a clear penalty that wasn't given given to them. Um, but I think Newcastle in this, in, we're in such a good space at the moment that, you know, we're waiting for it all to crumble. We're waiting for that loss. You know, we we unbeaten in 13 games in the Premier League, which is... Is uh, or 14 games in the Premier League, which is the highest in, in European football this season. But again, you're just waiting for that blip. So I think Eddie Howe will go there, cool, calm, and collected as usual. Um, I think he'll apply the game game strategy that he that he has been fast, furious, you know, pressing from the front foot, and and hopefully, you know, we can get a get a result and and and, and go into a semi final with all the confidence confidence needed. Um, you know, they do have their tricky players in, in, in the likes of Elisa and Eze and um, uh, Zaha. So, you know, we'll have to be wary. But we just don't look like we're conceding any goals. You know, 11 goals in, in 19 games or 18 games is incredible, actually, to concede. Um, and, and it's testament to the hard work that, that we've, that Eddie Howe's put in. And the, and the players. I mean, and Vard is coming out saying Magpies to win 2 0, not conceding yet again. I mean, it's also, you know, we always talk about tournament football. You don't concede the further you can go. I mean, when them reaching the yeah. semifinals the other day, that's also massive. And it's down to the fact that they have a solid defense. Yeah, no, I mean, it's, I might have to be going to the UK again next month because uh, if we get to the final, I've already told everyone, like, listen, I'm booking a ticket and, and, and I'm making a plan. Uh, I'll do something similar to, to you, Claudio, when you got to the Champions League final. I know it's on a s- smaller scale, but Newcastle haven't won a trophy since 1969. So <laughs> hopefully I'll be there to, to witness that. So not getting ahead of ourselves. I think um, it's all about momentum now and um, trying to continue that momentum. And I think, again, I'm going to bring up the culture that he's brought in. You know, he's got a, a real um, winning and uh, winning culture, but but also a culture of, of work rate and working for each other for the club. Um, there's a big, there's a, there's a massive togetherness um, amongst the players, and everyone's got a common goal. And we don't know what that common goal is. Uh, it looks like it might be a top four finish and a trophy. Um, and and Eddie Howe typically doesn't tell too much, which is which is good for him because. You know, he doesn't want to set unrealistic expectations or expectations that he's set um, and tell the media because the media will rip into straight. So good luck to the lads and hopefully we can get the job done. Uh, Pum saying, all you need is a draw or win, King of the North. Zaha and Co are weak. Wanga Deng, oh, also before that on Pum's, I mean, Sam saying, really, Chelsea scoring two goals, it has to be, two, it has to be penalties then. So I agree with Sam there. Um, Wanga, <laughs> predictions here. What do you think is going to happen in this game? Uh, I think it'll be a, even Crystal Palace are not that easy to, to score against as well. I mean, you can't to score a number of goals against Crystal Palace is not that easy as well. I think it'll be. I think Newcastle do take it. I think it's a one 0 Newcastle are on form. I, I would always put my money on them to be honest with you, the way they're playing. Um, yeah, I'll more on and another kind of beast. You always say that. Yeah, they always score goals. One 0 I say one 0 to Newcastle. Listen, I do think I, I think the game against uh, Fulham proved that we do have the material to mix with the big boys. When you have to just get a win, regardless of how it comes, if we can score in the first half, mm. I think we'll win the game two or three nil. But if it goes late on in the second half, I think we will find a way to win it and probably win one nil. So, 
Um, let me go in, Let me go down the middle. Let's say 2-0. 2-0 Newcastle. Pum's really backing your boy, saying 3-0 Newcastle. It has to be outrageous. I'm in the Wonga camp. I'm going to say 1-0. I don't see Palace scoring. I think they're going to struggle to break down the defense. That I do think there's enough enough to get a goal there, Nick. So you're going to have three points. So you're going to be smiling this weekend. So enjoy. Enjoy 2023, man. I oh, think yeah. it's going to be a good year for you. It's going to be a good one. Jets, yeah. this next game we've got to yeah. talk about. Um, we have to talk about this game largely because, where is it? Over here. Because of the situation of both these clubs find themselves in, and David Moy is doing an interview with <laughs> some other random guy there, the CEO of something, talking about how he wants to change West Ham when he's fighting for relegation. We've got Everton, both these teams, I don't think they've won a game in the last seven, and now they're facing each other in the relegation zone. Wonga, I mean, what has to happen here? What has to change? Where do you see both of these managers getting sacked by the weekend? If, if they both get a draw? Yeah, I see it. it it's a... Uh... So I think there's a lot more than what's being short of. I mean, you, you, we're hearing, when you listen to the, the media, you're not getting much. But if you listen to the fans, I mean, you, like I know for Everton, for a fact, I know that many of them are not happy with um, what, what has been going on um, the past couple of uh, seasons, you know. Um, and they feel like they're in this because, I mean, probably some of them probably feel like they've, they've seen this coming, a long way coming. Um, You've got them now. I think they they spent quite a bit of money the last couple of seasons. I don't know what the figure is, but it's probably the most they've done in a in, in a long, long time. You know, the, I mean, you saw Hamas Hamas Rodriguez, um, player of that stature, coming to um, and, and Everton. I mean, and I mean, you had to pay pay him the money. You had a you had a you had a. Why am I forgetting his name now? Uh, also, coach they've of, had uh, Angelotti in the, the Madrid. Yeah, Angelotti, Angelotti yes, he was there. Um, the coach. So you, you could see there was there was something that they were trying to do, and that plan obviously fell out. All those guys are gone. Everyone there is gone now. Yeah. And now they've just now what they're trying to do is, and it's not working. It's trying to recover everything, but it, it's definitely not working. And, and the fans are, are are really, really, really on their on their nails. I mean, you saw the the video of um, of of uh, I think you saw the video of or was it Mina. Um, with the where the fan was questioning him whether if when they get relegated would he stay, and he was saying that um, no he loves Everton with his heart if they get relegated he would stay, <laughs> but I know that if they got relegated he'd be the first one to flip and back down away because it's common sense yeah it's a lie common sense I mean there's no way he would stay he would de- definitely uh, definitely leave, but it's it's hectic I mean if you're getting fans coming to you like that I mean really thinking this time of the half of the season that you guys are going to get relegated and and questioning your your personally questioning you like in your face like telling you to you know just all the fans are asking for is the players to play um with their heart you know that's what they're asking for but, but hang on the, yeah, pro- the problems think, are deeper think, than that i think yeah we we know i mean everton are in a mess in terms of top yeah. to bottom they're in a mess but i think the question is yeah i'm saying lampard is going to struggle his luck has to run out i mean this is what we've got to look at from your coaching perspective there nick when we're looking at what lampard is doing apparently last week he came out and he said during the game Tactics have gone out the window. We need to just play with hearts and we're going to lump this ball along. Calvert Lewin, he's going to try and get on the end, end of it and this is how we're going to get points. Yep. I mean, when you're listening to that coming out of your club, as a, manager, as a fan, listening to that's all your manager's doing, surely, I mean, if Gerard couldn't last at Aston Villa, and I'm sure Vards will have a lot to say about that, how is Lampard still in all of this? How is he in this mix? Surely something yeah. has to change now to get him out of it. You can't I afford think also, to keep him there I, any longer. Yeah. I think, I think just you know, looking at this game, it's a massive game and I think there's two parts to this. So if we start with Everton, um, 
Everton have overspent over the last four or five seasons. And I think maybe the owner's giving Lampard the benefit of the doubt because the money's dried up. And I think for, for financial fair play, they, they weren't able to. They needed to release players before they could, or sell players before they could bring in um, new ones. So in Lampard's defence, it's probably not his squad. However, I do think there's enough in that squad to get the best out of the players. And that's when your coaching has to come to the come to the forefront. So it's not ideal. Yeah. But I wouldn't like to be in Frank Lampard's shoes, especially going into a job where you can't really make up your own team. He was there as sort of a, a replacement to Benitez when that didn't work out. Um, there's been countless players, and it, it's, it's pretty much a fruit salad of a team, um, to be honest with you. There's, it's, a, it's a very random selection of players, um, but there are footballers there that you can, that you can get something out of. Um, I would, you know, in, in his, in my opinion, if I was him, I would try just get through the season, try get a couple of results, positive results, get that winning culture back, and and, and put themselves in a position where they can survive and really look at at at, at doing a full full uh, uh, you know overhaul of that squad. Um, and then if you look at the West Ham side of things, they've been competing really well for the last couple of years, but they haven't really yeah. added much to that squad. And uh, you know, on the verge of probably losing a Declan Rice, you know, it, it, it was a recipe for disaster but hang on. seasons no, ago. No, but hang on, Nick. No, but hang on. You, you say they haven't added. I, I wouldn't say they haven't added. They have gone and they have spent. Maybe in terms of the caliber of player, they may be in the same situation yes. as Everton where they're overspending on an average player, but still David yes. Moyes and, a, and I think, to Liverpool I think right that, now. In terms that Skimaka, of is a, Skimaka is a, is a perfect example. Um, Suchek was never going to be that player that was going to score the amount of goals he scored two seasons ago. So they probably needed to beef up in that area. The players that they really signed were unknowns or, or, or playing for teams that were in, in, in sort of mid-table to, to sort of maybe just above mid-table uh, teams around the world. I think that, that squad, as you know, Vards had mentioned about Liverpool, is probably a little bit stale at West Ham. Um, I think they've probably punched above their weight for a little mm. bit too long, and you know they probably needed to 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 sign tried and tested Premier League talent, you know, instead of going to the foreign market to try and withstand where they were, you know, sitting in the top seven, top six, top five over the last couple of years. Um, so I, I think that's the major issue. Um, I think David Moyes has proved that he's. He's capable of getting a team to play well. But, you know, your luck yeah. runs out. Look at Leicester. Leicester are in the same position as West Ham, if you look at it. You know, Leicester yeah. were in the top four for a long time, dropped off um, and, and fell short, I think, on two occasions. And they're struggling as well. Um, so I, I think a rejuvenation at both of those clubs would, would, would really uh, hold them in, 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 in good standing. But I think the biggest thing for me would, and the most interesting thing is, what if both of these teams draw on the weekend against each other? They sack both of their managers and they, refor- uh, they, they, they return to both of their former teams. Uh, Lampard at West Ham, where it all started for him as a player, and Moyes at Everton, where he, he sort of made a name for himself. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, that would be interesting. Oh, uh, quick one. Yeah. We've got a question. We've got a question from Varna saying, um, random question, who would you sell first? Ziyech or Pulisic and just quick fire Wonga uh, Pulisic 
I would take Pulisic, so they must sell him to. I would take him, so they must sell him to us. I'll keep Pulisic, personally speaking. I see so much potential in that guy, yeah. just completely, completely untapped. I there. think just. Right. Another yeah. thing on West Ham quickly was um, Danny Ings just signed for them, I think, today, or it's about to go through. So that might be hmm. the, the solution in terms of scoring goals. To, to help Antonio. I know Antonio was wanted by um, by Wolves, so I don't know where that's going to go. Um, yeah, but Danny Ings can like score goals. His way yeah, and it, and, it, and it also looks like, you know, he's the type of player to, 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 to get them out of the, 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 the messy situation that they're in. So that could be a good signing and maybe the one that, that, that pulls him out of the mess at the end. Right, Wonga Dinga, quick fire on the results. What do you think is going to happen? This is a big one. Both teams can't buy a win at the moment. I think it'll be a draw, 1-1. One, one. Could even no, be no-no. I, no, uh, I think no, West Ham no. will, will get a win. I think if Danny Ings can get over the line, it would be quite uh, quite funny if he can, can get the winner. So I think 2-1 win for, for West Ham. We've got Sam saying no-no. We've got Vard saying no-no. So Wonga Dinga, there's a draw on the cards, it seems. <laughs> I'm going to say yeah, West Ham. No, no, uh, I think they're going to sneak it over. Just get it over the line right at the end. It's going to be one to watch. I think out of all the games, I know there's a lot of these big games happening, but this is going to be a good one to keep your eye on. Right, and about big games, it's that time, Wonga Dinga. It's the title sort of uh, game here, according to Man United fans. We know Arsenal are in it. Wonga Dinga, overall thoughts here. I mean, we know Casemiro is not going to be playing for Man United. So does that... Mm. Does that Fill your heart with joy. Does that mean you're going to get guaranteed victory here, or do you think it's going to be a slug? To be honest, I would have I would have liked to seen an Arsenal against them, um, against the uh, Man United's Casemiro. Um, it's just the way Arsenal have been playing. It's like you know, I'm not worried about the individual players. To be honest with you, um, I'm just worried. You know, does Arsenal not put in the performance they always put in? I think if Arsenal play the way they've been playing. Um, it's we 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 probably more than likely going to win a match, um, especially with the Man United, like 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 Nick was saying. I mean, now they you think they pick up form. Rashford is going on form, that's good. Uh, but now look, they struggle to beat a Crystal Palace, uh, who are struggling. Uh, I do think um, at the moment, an Arsenal is a better team than Man United. Um, the only threat I would be worried about um, um, is is uh, is Rashford. I mean, you look at our whole team, if I'm looking at the, the defence, I mean, there's Zinchenko, um, Gabriel, uh, Saliba, uh, Ben White. Ben White's also, for me as well, I, he was coming in as a centre-back. They put him on the right-back. We've had our injuries and, and that's worked out very well for him. Most likely will stay there on, on, on that right-back position. Martinelli, uh, I've always said this about him. I always think he's a, a player. I think he's still got more to give us. Um, Udegaard being being exceptional. Partey, yes, is untouchable in that in in the middle there. Um, and Shaka, and Kete as well. Shaka. Why does he always? Yeah, get, I'm still getting I'm there. Nick, I'm you, getting you there. Gets mentioned there. Yeah, I am, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Um, yeah, but like I was saying, Ketia, I've I've had my say, and, and I'll be honest with you, I truly, truly, truly believe that um, Ketia did not have what it takes. I truly believe it, and literally come out there. And I've seen, yeah, I've, <laughs> I've, I've, I've been proven wrong um, with that one. 
Uh, Ramsdale, yeah, re- really good as well. Past the the game against Tottenham, he put in two two uh, vital saves there. I mean, if those both got in, it would have been a different uh, game for us. Shaka as well, again playing to his strength, uh, very re- not involved in the defending, rather different up half the pitch, not responsible for really coming back. And I think that works well. Atletas, I think, really gotten the best out of everyone. Like I said again, we never we would have been expected this beginning of the season. Um, but the yeah. way we are playing I mean, now, I crucial, think we... Wonga, how crucial have your, your centre-back pairing been though, this season? Yeah, so they've been, they've been ex- exceptional. Yeah, they've, the two of them, I think, and the, from, the word, the, the, from the first game, you would think those guys have been playing together for years. Um, they, they've looked like they're, they're the perfect match. I mean, they were like, a, was it a village and a Rio Ferdinand at the time? And uh, was it Van Dijk? And who, who was next to Van Dijk? Uh, yeah, but Liverpool Matip. like chopping and changing all the time. Um, yeah, it was Van Dijk and Matip. Yeah. And uh, uh, I can't name the other ones. But yeah, but I mean, it was, um, it's, it's, it's been one heck of a pairing. But also our midfield as well, Aparte. Um, when he came on and off, I mean, he had the injuries. But ever since now, he's I mean, gotten past that. And I, think, and I remember Arteta was very, very uh, careful with that one. I mean, we really eased Pate back in. We never really worried about us getting the results in the game, but rather him, it was more about him yeah. getting um, his, his injury off. But nonetheless, I think... No, Wonga, the Wonga, play... Wonga, I do want to say this. I mean, we, we know what's going to happen on the weekend. We know how Ten Hag is going to set up. I don't think it's going to be any different to what we saw against Man City. They're going to be relying. Mm. You've mentioned Rashford as the target man or the danger man from a Man United perspective. They're going to be sitting deep and they're going to be waiting for counterattacks. I think, Nick, from your side, I mean, do you think that's going to work in Man United's favour at the Emirates? Or do you think that's a strategy that works better for yeah. Man United when they're playing at home? So, so I think that, I think just in terms of what I was, was going to say, I think it's going to be a good matchup simply because Arsenal are going to want to dominate the ball. And I think Spurs proved in the second half there was a flurry for at least 15, 20 minutes where um, they were getting in behind on the transition. I think that yeah. will be very interesting to see, especially with Rashford on form, Tenchi and Anthony, um, you know, trying to release those players. I think Man United had them... I think we lost Nick. Wonga Deng, are you still there? Oh, jeez, I thought, I thought I was the one that was frozen. <laughs> no, 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 no. We, yeah, lost, yeah. we lost Nick. Yeah, so to the but point, I think, though. I think, um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, like what Nick was saying, I think uh, with that, uh, you would think that uh, Man United, ha- there is something Man United would probably definitely work on. Uh, like you said, with the transition, them getting um, the, um, um, the Tottenham had. Um, and uh, they did get a few opportunities, which I think were um, any other, you would, think another team on form would probably have uh, put those away. But again, I think Ramsdale did very, very well um, to actually stop those uh, balls from going in. I mean, you could have not likened it to the save of the year, but I think it was as important, um, uh, those ones. But I think still, um, like, you, you see, like, that's, that's the thing about Man United as well. I think they are playing well. And if you do sleep, which I think Arsenal will not do, um, they will punish you. That's what Crystal Palace, their first goal, they, the guys were, they were sleeping. And I mean, Ericsson passed them in. Uh, they saw the opportunity and they took it. They took the easy goal. But I still think I still think Arsenal will be too good for them. I think it's also going to be a bit of revenge. I think there is. I think the players do feel that they should have 
they they should have had a, a different outcome in their first uh, match uh, because of that um, because of that goal that was called back um, due to a foul on 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 Ericsson. But uh, yeah, I, I still think at the end of the day, Claudio, that uh, Arsenal will be. Team on top Arsenal of them. I, I'm hoping it'll. I'm hoping it'll be an, an Arsenal, and it won't. Obviously, it won't be that 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 fighting uh, uh, one with Patrick Vieira um, and Roy Keane back in the days. But I think it will be a, a good, good, good match uh, going in there. I think it's an interesting time for them to be facing each other. You've got Man United that seems to be like found new breath of life. Under Ten Hag, and they want to pretty much stamp their put put their stamp on this game. And we got obviously Arteta trying to fight his worth there, so it's going to be an interesting clash. I think Pum's coming out saying thoughts on the new yeah. front and United. We haven't actually I think, spoken about uh, it. I think uh, yeah, I think Verhost is a it adds an option, you know. And I think it's it's Ten Hag um, trying to add something different there. Oh, Nick's, Nick's coming back. I'll let him finish what he had to say. Sorry, guys. Sorry, guys. Load shitting problems. No, it's all good. <laughs> That's what I thought. <laughs> so, 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 just sorry, what, what? just to add quickly, I think I think it's going to be interesting to see the 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 mindset in terms of how Man United approach it. I think Newcastle proved it when they played against Arsenal that if you sit deep and you frustrate them, um, they didn't have a plan B. So if they can use their, their attacking assets um, and draw Arsenal out as much as possible, they could potentially hurt them. But I, I agree with Vard's uh, comment. That I think it's got a draw written all over it, in my opinion. On that note, Wangadinga, score prediction. Let's hear it. 2-0 to Arsenal. Nick? 1-1. <laughs> I see a 2-2, gents. I'm seeing a 2-2. I think it's going to be nice and feisty. Guys are going to get stuck in. Arteta, you know Arteta's going to get overexcited. He's come out recently saying Arsenal need to manage their emotions. I think he needs to lead from, for example, there up front. But I think it's going to be quite a good one to watch. Gentlemen, before we go, any final thoughts from your end? Uh, I'm just happy to be back on Goal Lounge TV. Looking forward to the football this weekend. There's also a match tonight, which will, uh, which will be interesting. Um, I think uh, Wonga, for the first time in his life, will be supporting Spurs. Um, so, yeah, that will be interesting, uh, but good to be back. <laughs> uh, it's, a, it's a funny one, Nick. Uh, <laughs> I didn't think about it much. But, uh, yeah, my final thoughts, yeah, like Nick, I'm also happy to be back, happy to be on top. I'm happy to see all the players uh, playing well, especially for um, an Inketia. Um yeah, what a story that guy also has as well. But yeah, I'm I'm just I'm happy with my team at the moment, and I think that for me is I think that's what's most important. Gents, before we go, Nick, you you were on on radio somewhere. What what did you do in the UK then? How did that come about, by the way? Uh just uh, yeah, they, they, BBC Newcastle uh, radio uh, sent out a tweet, and obviously some fans, local fans. Uh, no, knew that I was there so they they sort of just tagged me in the tweet and they reached out to me asking if I can come into studio um, I mentioned Goal Lounge so TV they, they, but off 
studio because I, yeah, they just asked me if I had any experience. So it helped me, but there was no way I could throw in Goal Lounge TV. I, I did try, but it was very quick. It was short, sharp. I had Steve Howie, former Newcastle player, talking to me. So I was like, I was all like, you know, starstruck completely. So, yeah, um, but it was cool. It was cool. So you see this, Wonga. In future, when your goal on CV gets you a seat in the room with one of your heroes, just remember the first thing you say, you say, hi, my name's goal on CV. I mean, Nick or Wonga. That's what you said. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm joking. Uh, I, need to, I need to learn from my mistakes, buddy. I need to learn from them. And I've oh, learned. Fair enough. But that's... That's awesome. Do you have... Um, oh, thanks, Pums. Really appreciate that comments and congrats on our engagement there, Nick. We really appreciate that. Um, Nick, Thank do you, you have the, the, clip, the clip that you did? Can you, man, can you get that clip? Yes. Yes, I do. I can, I can get hold of it and send it through to you. Yeah, send it through. Then. We'll share it. People must know. They must know the news. And on that <laughs> note, everyone Perfect. enjoy the game tonight. Wait, if you're awesome Nick, fans, were you there? Were you there at the game? You were there at the game when, um, when, uh, when, Ars- when Arsenal got robbed. So, 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 short story, uh, long story short, I, my fiance was very, very ill, um, and ah. I had a ticket. I was in the, I was in Scotland at the time. The guy told me, I've got a ticket for you. Get to London. So, best you believe, I was on every train site, airline site, trying to figure out how I could get down to London and back to Scotland in the evening, but the game started at 8 o'clock. So yeah. it just didn't work out. I had a ticket waiting for me. I gave it away. Um, but I, oh. I couldn't make the holiday just about football. Um, because I, like, I, did, I like how he's you know, like, my fiancé was sick, so I couldn't attend the game. He was like, no, no, my fiancé was sick, but I couldn't make it work because the, the travelling logistics were a nightmare. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and to also... So to also be fair, so I, I was set on only watching the two Leicester, the Leicester game and the Leeds game, but then the FA Cup game was on the seventh, so I needed to drive back down to to the UK, uh, and I conveniently just uh, proposed the idea to to the missus um, the night before that we go via Sheffield and and see if we can get tickets for the FA Cup tie, which we did uh, in the home section, um, but it was nice because we got good seats. So yeah. Um, I did make I did make the most of it. I probably pushed my luck a little bit, um, but you know how we do as uh, football fans. Don't worry, Nick. I watched um, Maritimo versus Sporting in Madeira, and um, I did that without my fiance because she was like, "I'm having none of that." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I think so, next yeah. time I go, Savannah's not going to have too much uh, too much more to do with football. I think she's done her football, and maybe she'll watch one or two games. We'll see. She's gone on tour, Brie. Once is enough for some people. Right, gentlemen, <laughs> thank you very much. Thank you for uh, spending some time with us, for everyone who joined live. Um, we really love you, and we love seeing those regular faces yet again. Remember, if you have watched this and you haven't done this yet, do the right thing. Just go subscribe and like, and also like and comment. It's important to like. Am I right there, guys? Yes, but that yeah, thing yeah, didn't yeah, come yeah. up, the subscribe button. That was like two yeah. seconds, like it showed one second. Let's see it again. No, did it show? Can anyone confirm that showed on your side? Okay, cool. Sam says, great to have us back. We're glad to be back. Um, How do we normally end the show, gentlemen? Three, two, one. Let's hear it. Stop it. Come on. Come on, Wonga. He doesn't want to stop it because he knows Arsenal playing well. No, you got to still say stop it. Stop it. Come on. I did say stop it. I did. 
Ó, oh, meu turno, uma copa Mistake. Top! É... 